All right, if you have your Bibles, let's go to the uh, fifth chapter of the book of Luke. fifth chapter of the book of Luke, we're going to start reading at verse 1. When we, uh, when we read this uh, group of scriptures, make sure that you all are uh, really paying attention to the details uh, because we're going to go from there to another place and it's going to be important that you, um, that you remember the details of what you, what you hear in this chapter. Verse 1, it says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. So everybody see how far he thrust from the land? A little. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, in other words, when he was done preaching or teaching, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a what? What did he tell them to launch out into? Now notice what he, what he, when he, when he, he asked him first to do what? Thrust out a little. Because I need to talk to people on their level. The people that he was talking to, um, were people he was, were souls that he was trying to win. So he told them to, to, to thrust out a little. In other words, I need to be away from them. I don't want them overtaking me. So I need to separate myself just a little, but not too much to where they can't hear me. So just thrust out a little. But then when he was done, Speaking, the Bible says that he told Simon, launch out into what? The deep. And let down your nets for a draught. Verse 5, and Simon answering. Everybody see that? <laughs> he shouldn't have had anything to say. His creator spoke. That should have been it. I'm going to tell you, you know, we've preached on that, answering again. And that's what we see here. Uh, it's not honorable and it's disrespectful when somebody in authority is talking. And so let's say, let's just use this as a scenario. 
you, as a parent, you tell your child, uh, pick up your shoes and socks, you know, from off out of the middle of the floor in your room and put them up. And they say, well, mama or daddy, I just got done, I, I was gonna get to that, I, I just got finished washing the dishes. Well, I just got finished doing something else, but I, I'm a, I, I was gonna get to that. that that's unnecessary. And, to, and, and I'm gonna tell you about my household. In my household, that'll get you a whipping. Because to me, you might as well be saying no. I don't want to hear what you just got finished doing or what you're about to do. I don't want to hear any of that. I want to see some feet moving to, what, to do what I'm telling you to do. Does everybody understand? They know it's all answering back. What I'm about to do or what I just got finished doing is the same thing as no, I'm not going to do it. Does everybody understand? It's all answering back. It's, it's an attitude under the guise of, I'm going to do what you said, but... No, we don't need, I don't need to hear anything. I just need some shoes moved, that's all. It don't require talking to do that. Unless God have given you the ability to talk them where I told you I want them. And even then, you're going to be talking to the shoes, not me. Because everybody understand? Now, don't get further down the road and think this is just so harsh. Don't get further down the road to where your teenagers are whooping your behind. Because you disregard what was just said. It's all talking back. Everybody understand? <laughs> There's only one way to raise children, and that's God's way. There's only one way to raise them. Everybody understand? I'm telling you, we're supposed to be on one accord and having the same judgment in mind. Does everybody understand? The Lord is not about all that talking back, answering again. We preached a whole series on that, answering again. That's not God's will. And so that's when somebody in authority say something, uh, it, it shouldn't be what you were about to do or what you just got finished doing. I can care less. Everybody understand? That ain't got nothing to do with them shoes. <laughs> All right, so it says, verse 5, And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have told... What did he call them? We have toiled all what? The night. And have taken what? Nothing. I'm telling you. Now, on the surface, now, let's go and keep reading. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. That was unnecessary. You think the Lord cared about them toiling all night and taking nothing? You think he didn't know that already? I'm trying to show you this little subtle rebellion. Well, I've, I'm done, I've done this all night. I've been trying. Everybody see? All he had to say was, at thy word. That's all. Really didn't have to say anything. But I'm trying to show you how subtle the enemy can be with our mouths, with our attitudes. Don't give God a list of things you don't like and then tell him at the end, but I'm going to obey. You see this play out through all, throughout Peter's ministry when the Lord was walking this earth. 
Always got something to say. The Lord says, and he got, and he got so bold with it until the Lord was telling them all, I'm going to be, I'm, when I go into Jerusalem, they're going to crucify me and they're going to they kill me. Peter is bold enough to say, no, it ain't going to happen. You lying. Does everybody understand? So you don't, you don't, don't, a testimony ought to be a testimony. Nevertheless, at thy word, I'm, I'm going to do what you're telling me to do, Lord. The Lord don't need to hear that your, your, what you've been doing all the time didn't work. He already know that. That's the reason why he's giving you the instruction that he's giving you. Does everybody understand? He don't need to hear about all this extra junk that you've invited into your life. We've told, not at my word though. We've done this, but you wasn't obeying me. I don't want to hear about all of your foolishness. I already know about all of that. All I want to see is some feet moving, some obedience, and then come and tell me about the grace that was upon your life to do what I've told you to do. I don't want to hear about how it didn't work. It wasn't meant to work when you were doing it in your own strength and doing it your way. So I'm trying to show you this little, this little smug, subtle, smart alecky. We've toiled all night. What does that have to do with God? Everybody understand? It ain't God's fault that you're tired and wore out by the time you come to him. <laughs> That's your fault. Everybody understand? Yeah, you don't, you, you need to ask for the grace of God to run this race. He don't care that you've been running for the devil for 50 years and you're tired by the time you get to him. That's why he came and died. Everybody understand? Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken what? Nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Everybody see that? Now we're going to show you in a little bit, he really wasn't convinced. Let's go ahead and keep reading. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net what? Pay attention to the details. What had happened to their net? And Verse 7, and they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they had begun to what? Sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O who? So he went from master to Lord. You're just a teacher telling me what to do. I don't really like it. If he had believed what Jesus Christ was telling him to begin, and what, what did the Lord tell him? Launch out into the deep and see what happens? No, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for what? A drop. You're going you gonna to take a whole boat full of fish. If he'd have believed it, he'd have fell down right then. Depart from me, Lord. No, but what, what, is, what does verse 8 say? When Peter did what? When Simon Peter did what? Saw it. Because he didn't believe it. When he saw it, then he said, oh, Lord, depart. Everybody understand? <laughs> we better get past that. We better get past it. Believe God's word before you see it. Because there'll be situations you'll be in where you won't see it. Until you believe it. God was just being merciful. Does everybody understand? 
When, and, and that's the way a lot of people are. They, they spend their life, their whole life, just trying different things, trying different things, nothing work out, and then the Lord come along and say, well, you know, you need to do this. My word says to do this. Okay, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. We try for a week or two, we're we successful, and then we get in our feelings about something, and then we're right back to where we started at. And then we, and, and in our minds, we're telling God, see, it didn't work. God's word is meant to be lived every day. Not just when you're out of your feelings. It's meant to be lived every day. Everybody understand? So it says, verse 8, when Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. O oh Lord. You went from being teacher, I'll, I'll call you Lord now, because I, I, now I believe. Everybody see? Look at what verse 9 says. For he was astonished. Why? Why was he astonished? Because he didn't believe in the first place. Everybody understand? He was astonished, and all that were with him at the drought. Wait a minute, didn't the Lord already tell him about the drought? Of the fishes which they had taken. Now let me make this clear. They had to do exactly what the Lord told them to do. Does everybody understand? They had to do, now this is, I'm telling you, this is part of the problem with a lot of people today. Life is a mess. Been out all night toiling, tired, angry, bitter. Then they finally come to the Lord and the Lord gives them some instructions and then they halfway do it. And then when they don't get what they think they ought to get, now they're mad at God, not paying attention to their own disobedience. They think because they halfway doing it, they ought to get some credit. I'm going to tell you something about God. You either make a F or A. You either get a zero or 100. There is no in-between. Hell or heaven. There is no in-between. Either you made a zero in God or you're making a hundred. Partial, disobedient, partial obedience is still disobedience. Ask King Saul. Does everybody understand? It's, it's either my wife and I, we're on part-time married. What do they call those little vacation spots that you can, you can buy and you can spend two weeks out of a year, maybe a week out of a year? What are those places called? What are they called? Timeshare. You see, God don't have timeshare. You either with him or you outside of him. You, everybody understand, he ain't not sharing you with the devil. It's, the Bible says that his, 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 he can't dwell in an unclean temple. Everybody see so verse 9 says, for he was astonished and all that were with him at the drought. Now, where were they at when he was teaching? They were right there. And didn't believe a word he was saying. Does everybody see? <laughs> I, I don't believe that people ought to waste their time 
I believe that when you belong to a church or a ministry, you ought to be there 100%. You ought to follow whatever the preacher says. That's why I don't like it, me personally. I don't like it when somebody's going to somebody else's church, but they're emailing me a, a question. That you have a shepherd wherever you are. You don't need to be crisscrossing. I don't believe in that. You don't need to be crisscrossing over here when you're under a shepherd somewhere else. Be under that shepherd all the way. If you hear something that, that, that you don't agree with, then you go to that shepherd and talk with them about it. Maybe they'll open up your understanding. But don't email me or any other ministry concerning what your preacher is telling you. So let's say, for instance, you email me and I respond. No, that's not right. How is that going to make you look up to your other preacher there? You need to be all in or all out, one way or the other. Everybody understand? Yeah, you need to be all in or all out. That's why I don't, I don't believe in cross, you know, like Brother Junior said, used to say, I don't eat off everybody's plate. One plate at a time. How many of you, when you sit down and eat, you got five plates in front of you? Yeah, God only called for you to eat off of one plate. If you eating off of more than, two, more than one plate, that's what the Bible calls heaping to yourselves teachers. You only need one teacher. You got two of them, you got itching ears. That's your sign that you got itching ears. Does everybody understand? Verse 10, uh, verse 9, For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draught of the fishes that which they had taken. I believe that when we pray for people and we see them healed, we are not to be astonished. We ought to rejoice. But there's a difference between rejoicing and astonishment. Everybody understand? Peter spent most of his ministry when the Lord was on this earth being astonished. When, they, when God sent them out to cast out devils, they came back astonished. Even the devils are subject unto us. So the Lord's mindset was, why, why is that such a big deal to you? When I, I've told you, I've given you authority over them. In my name, what you're going to do, see? So when you spend your Christian career astonished, you can't really worship God. You worship him because of who he is, not because you're surprised that you're actually able to do something or because he's able to do something. Does everybody understand? After a while, you ought to get past that. Well, praise God, I, you know, everybody understand. How many of you rejoice every time you flip a light switch on? You just know when I flip the switch, it ought to come on. You're not rejoicing in the whole family coming together and dancing before the Lord about it. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you'll say this mountain, be plucked up and be cast into the sea, and it will obey you. Who said that? So if we speak it and we see that mountain creeping towards the lake, we are not to be astonished if we say we believe God. When you get to heaven, you are not to be sitting there thinking, man, I did not know. I didn't know there was a heaven. I, I'm just surprised. Everybody that's in heaven, they're there because they knew it was there. Everybody understand? 
That what's the purpose of trying to get there if you don't, if you just, I don't believe in that what if or just in case. I'm going to serve God just in case he's real. Now, I ain't no just in case. You're not going to serve him just in case, nothing. He's real. Everybody understand? And that's the way people are. I'm going to try what you're saying, Brother Bolden, just in case. And the devil will come and kick that just in case from under you. I'm going to submit to my husband as unto the Lord, just in case. I'm going to try it just in case. I'm going to do this just in case. I'm going to love my wife as Christ loved the church just in case this works. All the devil got to do is send some wind your way, and in your mind, they say it didn't work. See? When, I, when we went to school, we went to school, we didn't go to school for just in case. We knew we were in it for the long haul. I didn't go to the first grade just in case I could get my diploma when I got to the 12th. It wasn't no just in case. Wasn't no skipping school. You were going to go and you were going to finish. And you, even if you got there and you find there was no school, you better stand out under the sun. Everybody understand? <laughs> I tell you that playing sick wasn't going to play. That wasn't going to work with my mother. You didn't, you didn't, I'm telling you, we, we tried that a couple of times and we, and we got to, we'd rather be in school. Because by the time my mother is sick or no, not sick, you're going to be up cleaning, you're going to be washing dishes, scrubbing walls, painting, mowing, you're going to thank the Lord, you want to stay home from school? Oh, well, all right then. We can get caught up on some of this stuff around the house. <laughs> I, I go to school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mother didn't play that. We were happy to go to school. Verse 10, it says, And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Verse 11, And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and did what? You know that's the only way you can follow the Lord? You can't, everybody understand? That's the only way you can follow the Lord. You have to forsake all. Now that's talking about you, first of all. You can say what well, I left. I left my mom and daddy behind. I, you know, I got some new brothers and sisters in Christ and I got a new mama, new daddy, all of that. But is there a new you? Did you forsake you? <laughs> Everybody understand? You could have forsook all because you wasn't getting along with all to begin with. Yeah, all was getting on your nerves anyway. <laughs> but have you gotten on your own nerves enough? So we pay attention to all the details that we've read so far. Everybody see, the, they launched out into the deep. Their net didn't, their net broke. They came in. They brought their ships to what? Land. Does everybody understand what that's saying there? They were done with that. 
They put their boats up. We're going to forsake all. Our jobs, our careers, our way of life, we're going to forsake all. And we're going to follow you. They could not have followed the Lord and kept fishing at the same time. Does everybody understand? Now let's go to the 21st chapter of the book of John. Is everybody there? The 21st chapter of the book of John, we're going to start reading at verse 1. It says, after these things, Jesus showed himself. Now, this is after he was resurrected from the dead. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he what? Let's pay attention now. On this wise, what? He showed himself. In other words, this is the way he did it. Now, let's pay very, very close attention to that. This, this lets us know. It, it, there's something to the way the Lord shows himself. Does everybody understand? Now, what we should get from these scriptures is this. You're not going to see God the same way every time. You have to look for God in everything. Because he's not going to show himself the same way every time. There were two of his disciples walking and they didn't know that that was him. Because the Bible says he hid himself from them. And walking along, talking with them. But so how did they know? Did not when he opened up the scriptures and showed them this is that why y'all sad when the when the prophets have prophesied of this man's dying, talking about himself. When he opened up those scriptures and then vanished, then they said, well, "Did not our heart burn within us?" That was the Lord. So he showed himself through revelation in that instant. He hid himself. In other words, they would not recognize him just by looking at him. You see. But they knew, Lord, this is you. How? By his word. Everybody understand? And that's how, they, if no other way, we ought to know God's talking by his word. Everybody understand? That's the way he revealed himself. So I can't reject his revelation of his word but then accept him some other way. I'm going, I'm going to miss him every time after that. I have to receive his word first because that's the way he reveals himself first. Does everybody see? So it says, on this wise showed he himself, verse 2, there were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter said unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught what? Nothing. 
Sound like what we just read in Luke 5. We've taught all night. I'm going to tell you why they caught nothing. Because they just assumed it just what, what was in Peter's mind. Well, Lord, well, we thought that he was the Christ, but I guess not. I'm bored. Let's go fishing. Let's go do what the Lord, what we forsook in the first place. Because this didn't work. Three and a half years, we cast out devils. We saw the dead raised, but he wasn't Christ. Let's, let's just go back to what we know. Why? Because I don't believe even the dead that was raised. I don't, I don't believe. He, yeah, he was mighty indeed and, and works, but he, apparently he was not the Christ because they killed that man. Maybe he was just, just misunderstood his calling or something. So we're going to go back to what we forsook. Everybody see? And still catch nothing. <laughs> Everybody understand? Go back to the junk that was unfruitful to begin with. That's the reason why God had the prophet speak to Israel. Woe to those that trust in the chariots of Egypt. When God was beginning to judge Israel because of their disobedience. They, and, and, and Jeremiah and the prophets were telling them, y'all about to, it's about to happen. Y'all about to get punished. They went and made an alliance with Egypt. Well, you know, uh, if, if God is telling us the nation from the north is coming against us, then Egypt is still the most powerful nation in the world. If we go make an alliance with them, we can whoop who God sends our way. And so then God had to send the prophet back to him. Well, what are you? That trust in the chariots of Egypt, in other words, in their army. Have you forgotten that I whooped them with a stick 2,000 years ago already? I sent a one-man army in there with a stick and whipped their whole army. <laughs> what good is it going to do you to make an alliance with them if I'm telling you I'm about to judge you? You see that? So that's what people do. They trust in the chariots of Egypt. They go back to what God have called them out of and, and get the same results, nothing. Everybody understand? That's why God, we're not supposed to try God. The Bible tells us to put on the whole arm of God, not try it out. You put it on and leave it on. Everybody understand? So it says, they went forth and entered into the ship immediately, and that night they caught what? Nothing. But verse 4, but when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Everybody see that? Verse 5, then Jesus said unto them, what did he call them? Children, have ye any meat? What was their answer? No. Now let's address this first. Children. Was he talking to children or was he natural soul? Was he talking to grown men? He was talking to grown men. Now let's keep in mind, they didn't know it was the Lord. So they didn't, they didn't give him a pass like, oh, that's the Lord. That's how he just, that's just how he talked. It must be some revelation. They didn't, to them, that's just a man on the shore talking to us. And he didn't look like an old man. He was only 33 when he left this world. 
And here he is calling some men about his same age children. Don't you call me a child. I'm telling you, we better get past offense. The law sees where you are spiritually, and that's what he calls you about. He don't care how old you are in your age, that you're older than him <laughs> in your brain, or that you know more than him. I'm seeing that you're out there fishing, something that I've called you out of. So I'm going to call you a child, because that's what children do. A child, you can tell them, don't touch that stove. They'll obey for five minutes. But you might have to tell them over again, don't do that. Your children, when I have to keep repeating myself, did you catch anything? Did not, why does he ask that question when he already knows the answer? That's the question that he asks us. Have your life been working out for you? That's what he's really asking. That's what he's asking us. Have your way worked? I'm waiting on a response. That's, that's what he says. In other words, I need to get you to acknowledge that your way is not working. Yeah, I know you ain't got no fish. I already know that. Because I control the fish. I'm going to have them biting on everybody else's line but yours. Is your way working? When you answer no, you first have to answer no, then I can give you some other instructions. But as long as you think there is a possibility that your raggedy way will pan out one of these old days, I ain't got nothing else to say. You caught any, 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 any meat? You caught any fish? No, but, but. Oh, well, okay. I'll see you again in another year. You caught anything this time? No, but. I'm getting my credit right. Okay, I, I'll come back. <laughs> Everybody understand? It has to be a definite no. No, and I ain't got no other answers. I ain't, got, I ain't got nothing. I'm bankrupt. What you got, Lord? <laughs> Verse 5, Then Jesus said unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered, No. Verse 6, And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. And what happened? They cast therefore. Everybody see that? What no, we've taught all night. Okay, well, everybody understand. And now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore, the disciple, that disciple whom Jesus loved, said unto Peter, It is who? The Lord. Now, when Peter, Simon Peter, heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were, 200 cubits, dragging the net with fishes. One cubit equals 18 inches, or one and a half feet. 200 cubits equals 300 feet, are 100 yards. In your mind, that might not seem deep. 
Yeah, the football field ain't that long when you got cameras on top of it. But you stand on one end of it and see how far you got to run to, to get to the other side. Think about the swimming pool you swam in when you were little, when you were growing up, and you knew it was 12 feet deep. They didn't have to stretch it 100 miles for it to get 12 feet deep. So here's what I'm saying. They were in the deep because they remembered the Lord's words. But that didn't work for them three and a half years later. They had to receive some other instruction. And that's what people make their mistake at. Lord, I'm casting my net in the deep like you said, and it ain't working. Oh, yeah, that was a year ago. Now I'm telling you, cast your net on the right side. In other words, God never get finished teaching you. What worked for you, what the instructions were three years ago, God want to take it from there and move you forward. And you can't reject the right side. A year later, cast your net on the right side and still live off of and try to live off of, I'm in the deep. The deep is for the babies, the children. Now I'm telling you, cast your net on the right side. That's the way the Lord is. And then when you get done doing that and you go back out there, he's going to tell you something else. Do it with your eyes closed this time. Everybody understand? As long as you are alive, God is going to add something else to what he has already said. And you can't throw your hands up like, well, when is this going to end? Never. Because even when you get to heaven, he's going to have some stuff to still show you. See how I made this? You remember I said when I was in the earth that I was going to go and prepare a place for you? This is what I prepared, and this is how I did it. Everybody understand? So that's what happens. That's why the Lord had to show up at, at that moment. What would have happened if the Lord hadn't showed up? And they had followed his instruction from three and a half years ago. Cast your net out into the, go out into the, launch out into the deep. Okay, Lord, we, we're in the deep. I, you know what? I, that just, just further proves to me that he is, it was something off about this man. Because it worked back then, but it ain't working now. There ain't no fish out here nowhere. When you get stagnant, that does not make the word of God that you've received so far null and void. It just means you need to receive further instruction. Amen. Does everybody understand? Look at the life of Elijah, the 17th chapter of the book of 1 Kings. God first told him to go by the brook Kidron. I feed you there. He went there, he ate and, and drunk, but the brook dried up. So then there was another instruction. Go to this, join yourself to this widow woman. She's, I've instructed her to sustain your life. He couldn't be mad about the brook of Kidron. Dry, well, why don't you just put water back in this brook? And that's where people are today. They want the Lord to keep the brook of Kidron from drying up. It's going to dry up. You need to move on. Everybody understand? Don't get tired of receiving. When you get tired of receiving the Lord's instructions, that's where you'll stay, you see. 
So there they were, trying the Lord's last word for them for when it came to fishing. This is our instruction, and listen, and this is where people end up at when they get a revelation and they want to stay there. Everybody understand? This is where people, uh, people uh, so I can preach something. If the Lord tarries, I can pass away. And if you're not careful, you'll be sitting right here just listening to what old brother Bolden preached. And those were the good old days. No, what is the next man going to preach? What is my successor going to preach? Well, follow him. Don't throw away what I've preached, but continue to move on in the Lord. This is where these dead denominations come in at. Whatever revelation some man of God received, that's where we're going to park at. Everybody understand? And God's word is a vehicle. It's meant to continue to move you and to grow. One revelation should not contradict the other. But, you know, just because one receives a revelation don't mean that's where we stop. We keep moving forward in God. Launch out into the deep. That was first revelation. Second revelation, cast your net on the right side. And if you stick around, you're going to be doing all kinds of stuff and seeing all kinds of miracles. But you stop seeing miracles where you stop in God. Everybody understand? That was yesterday's miracle, launching out into the deep. Do that the next time plus some more. Does everybody understand? That's the reason why these denominations are dead now. Maybe the man who, who received a revelation, you, they saw all kind of miracles in that revival. But then the man's dead, we name a, name a religion after him, and now it's, it's all dead. No miracles taking place. Why? Because we stopped that launching out into the deep. And that's all. Don't, don't preach nothing else to us. This is, this is what our leader said. Launch out into the deep. It's that same spirit that's going to tell you, now cast your night on, net on the right side. You see? Same spirit. So you, you can't play favorites. Well, our founder said this, and this is what we stick with. <laughs> dead. Your founder's dead and you are as well. When he died you might as well have went to the grave with him. He could, he could have been a mighty man of God but when the Lord took him off this earth that meant it was time to move on. Moses my servant is dead. Now rise. Everybody understand? That's the reason why the Lord didn't the Lord himself buried Moses. I don't need y'all to make a, make, a, make a God out of his sepulcher. They'd have camped out. They'd still be right there at Moses' grave. Everybody understand? Yeah, that's the reason why the Lord hit that. I, we're not going to tell you where Moses is buried at. Everybody understand? Yeah, God don't intend for us to make museums out of people's lives that he's, that he's touched. Let's move forward. That was just flesh and blood to begin with. Everybody understand? That if it's gone back to the dust, now we, okay, Lord, who's next? Who, who's going to take us from here? Does everybody understand? That's the way we have to be when we're serving God. He gives us instructions, and the idea is to stack one on top of the other. Don't disregard the past instructions, but continue to grow further and receiving further instructions, you see.
Now, let's go ahead and keep reading. Notice what Simon Peter did. When he heard that it was the Lord, he put on his clothes and he cast himself into the sea. Everybody see that? He had to be a pretty good swimmer to be 100 yards out from land. Was it that day the disciples had other plans? Well, we, we're not about to go to the coast. We're about to go somewhere else. You, if you want to go see the Lord, you just going to have to get there on your own. No, he knew we're about to come in. But he was so excited. I'm not, I can't, this, this boat ain't moving fast enough. Everybody see? Verse 8, everybody understand? Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. Everybody understand? That same scenario playing out again. I'm going to trust that you're going to sustain my life out here in this deep. Because I, I want to get to you. Everybody see? Verse 8, And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were 200 cubits, dragging the net with fishes. As soon, everybody see? Now when Peter, when Peter heard it was the Lord, he, he forsook all again. Let me, let me do this, you know, the second time around. I ain't even trying to bring the fish in this time. I can care, I can care less about that boat. I'm, I'm coming in, Lord. Everybody understand? Verse 9, And as soon as then as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and what? Fish laid thereon, and what? Bread. Isn't that something? They were out there fishing for food, and the Lord already had it. Everybody understand? They were out, and that's the way people are. They want to try their own way, and the Lord already has a way. And, and listen, it's only, your life is going to only work one way. God can care less about the six figures, the seven figures you got in your bank account. You're still bankrupt without them. You can be rich as you want to be and still miserable because you know something is missing. That's, that's, that's the tale of it. That's, that's what happens. You can be rich and, and buy, you can go buy, any, you can have enough money, you can go buy anything you want to buy and still be miserable. Now, you want me to tell you why that's, why, why that's misery? Having all that kind of money where you can go, because you have nothing to hope for then. Just naturally so. Everybody understand? If you live in your life without Christ, the only hope you have, just naturally speaking, is I hope I'm saving up money to buy this. That's where your hope is. I want to do this so that I can do that. But when you have all the money in the world and you can go buy anything you want to, just whenever you feel like it, can do whatever you want to, you have no hope. Naturally so. And so people come to the end of themselves and they get to the other side of the world and they say, well, you know, I, I still feel like I'm unfulfilled. And it goes back to what the Lord told Jeremiah. Before I formed you, I knew you. And I called you to do this or that. 
And, and, and until you're doing what I've called you to do before you knew yourself, you're going to be unfulfilled, bankrupt spiritually, you see. And so when they got to the shore, there was the Lord already cooking. That's how it is for us spiritually. Everybody understand? Everything you've been searching for, the Lord already done cooked it. That's the convenience of fast food. Everybody understand? What do you do when you're out and about and you hadn't cooked at home? What do you have a taste for? You can go somewhere and they'll cook it right up. Or already working on it. Everybody understand? That's the, that's the, and, and that's the convenience of the Lord. Well, he already got all of the answers to the questions that you have in life. All of the things you've tried that didn't work, all the toiling that you did in your life to try to find happiness, to try to, if I just get married, I'll be happy. Getting married and still not happy. Fighting and all of that. Hey, if I get a good job, I'll be happy. You got a good job, you can't get along with the people on your job, and you, you want to, well, I'm, I'm I, you know, I quit. If I get a college degree, then my life will change. If I had a degree, then I'll change. And then you get a degree, and somebody without a degree still beats you out for the job. Why? Because experience trumps education every time. If I just had a nice house, I'd be happy. Get a nice house and, and can't stand to be in it. Still lonely. All that, everybody understand? Everything that's going to perish is vanity. Your education, vanity. It's going to perish. Your education don't get you to heaven. Your job don't get you to heaven. It's something on the inside of you that lives forever. And until you answer that, everything else is vain and empty. So there were those disciples the second time around, trying stuff and it not working. And the Lord has to tell them again, give them further instructions. They do it, and now they're redeemed. Okay, Lord. They come to shore. There it is. The Lord got everything laid out already. Look at what he says, verse 10. Jesus said unto them, bring of the fish which you have now caught. Everybody see that? Verse 11. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes and hundred and fifty and three and for all there were so many yet was not the net broken. What happened the first go round? The net broke. Second go round it didn't break. That is how it is when we are in the Lord. As we grow in the Lord we get prepared to receive whatever it is the Lord has for us. It don't break us. Does everybody understand? Don't ask the Lord for all this revelation and then can't handle it. Don't ask the Lord a question when you're not ready for the answer. You have to grow in God. And when you continue as, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word of God. The sincere milk. Don't ask God for meat when you don't have teeth. You'll get to that point, you see. You'll get to that point. 
and people mad at God because they see everybody else eating steak and they still having to eat, eat drink milk. If you just look in the mirror, you'll see you don't have teeth. You know what happened to a one-month-old one month old when you try to feed them meat? They'll choke on it. And if they just so happen to have a throat big enough to swallow it, you know what'll happen? It'll tear their stomach up. Because on the inside of their bellies, they're not developing and developed enough to really digest. So as you grow in God, then you're able to digest. And, uh, and what I'm saying is, you can't skip. Go out into the deep and jump right to cast your net on the right. If you're still in shallow waters, casting your net on the right is not going to do you any good. You might see all kind of it working for everybody else. It ain't going to work for you because you're not there yet. Let's, let's practice three years launching out into the deep. Let's get good at that first. Let's, let's go out into the deep without bumping into other boats. Everybody understand? And when we do that, then I'll give you further instruction. But people looking at everybody else and what they're doing and how far along they are and thinking, well, I'm ready, Lord. I'm ready for marriage. No, you're not. No, you're not. Not when you back and forth, back and forth with the Lord about launching out into the deep. You're not ready for cast your net on the right. Everybody understand? <laughs> Some of us, that when we first got married, that's what we did. We, we cast our net on the right before we even thought about launching out into the deep. That's what these discussions are about. That's what you hear. When you, when you hear these married couples talking about all of their problems, that's what it is. I'm casting my net on the right. But I'm being disobedient and in launching out into the deep. The fish were out in the deep and to the right. Everybody understand? <laughs> you better have it together before you say I do. Everybody understand? Now, what happens when, when, when the Lord comes and he sees them and he can reach out and touch their boat because that's where they're fishing at? And they, and they don't launch, they don't, they don't cast their net on the right side. You know what he's going to do? Back all the way up. Back all, let's go back to the first instruction. You first need a relationship with me. Learn to obey me first. Do what I'm telling you to do first. That, all this other stuff is, is it's gonna be chaos if you don't come back to the drawing board. It's gonna be chaos. Everybody understand? If you're not submitted to the Lord and you hard-headed to his word, you're gonna be hard-headed to that man that's trying to tell you how to live. Your husband gonna be the biggest devil in the world. When, you, when you're not submitted to God, when you don't have a right relationship with God, launching out into the deep, that's the devil. Does everybody understand? So the first, our first step, let's launch out into the deep. Let's have a relationship with God, a genuine, true relationship with God. Because without that, nothing else makes sense. It don't make sense for me to submit and my husband ain't doing what I want him to do. <laughs> Everybody, did y'all hear that clearly? 
This ain't working. He ain't not doing what I want him to do. That's because you ain't submitted. Yeah, I would submit if he just do things the way I'm telling him. <laughs> okay, we're going to back out of that twilight zone. Everybody understand? <laughs> So people want to put the horse before the cart, the cart before the horse. They want to do things out of order and then get mad because it don't work. One thing that I really, really appreciate about God is that he's, he's constant. He's not emotional and he don't live off of emotions. He don't have good days and bad days. He's constant. If he said it one time, he meant it. He meant that for eternity. Everybody understand? He's not a man that he should lie. So I don't have to get to know him every other week. He don't switch up on people. He's the same. If he was purple the day I met him, he's going to be purple, purple for eternity. Every time I see him, he's going to be purple. Everybody understand? I don't have to try to figure out, well, who are you this time? Okay, well let's, let's start over. So what's your name? That's what get me about these Hebrew Israelite people. They say they saved under, in, under the name of Jesus Christ, but then they go try to pick up some, some other names that nobody in a language people aren't even speaking in anymore. Well, this is the real God. Prove it. Where's your power? There's power in the name of Jesus Christ. Where's yours? What devils are you casting out? Everybody see. So when the Lord gives us revelation, it's not designed to move us further away from him. If that's the case, then we have received a delusional spirit. Jesus is fine for me. Everybody understand? So we have to be careful that we follow God's order to the T. Does everybody understand? The first order was lunch out into the deep. That worked for so long. The second order was after being out in the deep, then throw your net on the right side of the ship. Everybody understand? You see the order there. Well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. No, you're going to get it off. The Lord didn't tell you to cast it on the left side. He didn't tell you to stay in the shallow part and cast it on the right. You have to do it in the order the Lord has called for. Does everybody understand? Let's go up, Brother Tanks. Let's go up now. Pull this over. All right, flip that on for me. It's right there. Y'all ready for a math lesson? That is the reason why math is my favorite subject. 
because it's constant and it's universal. Does everybody understand? This problem and the rule of this problem is what they call order of operation. You can work this problem out 10, 20, 30 different ways. And some of us, it stumped us when we first ran into this type of problem because we had our minds made up of what it was going to do. If we go from left to right, like we like to read, and, and so we do follow that order where left to right, that's just common sense to me. That's what common sense is, right? Left to right, ain't that what we taught? We get the wrong answer. This is the correct answer here, 30. But I can promise you, if you work this problem out from left to right, you're not going to get 30. Now, I could have worked it out and showed you what answer it was going to be, but I just refused to go down the road of the devil. Everybody understand? This is what God does. I'm going to tell you the answer. And then I'm going to give you the problem. And then I'm going to give you PEMDAS, the order of operation. And, I, and if you follow the order of operation, you will come up with 30 every single time. So this is what we do. We preach it. You know, 10 divided by, in parentheses, 3 plus 2 times 4 plus 5 squared plus 6 minus 9, that equals 30. That's what we preach all the time. And that's on the surface. And then we give you the order of operation. That's the revelation. PEMDAS. What does that stand for? Parentheses. 3 plus 2. Exponents. 5 squared. Multiplication, division from left to right. Addition, subtraction from left to right. Does everybody understand that order? Everybody understand the order? So I can't go backwards and say, well, maybe if I do it backwards, maybe I'll come up with 30. You still won't. Everybody understand? You do what's in parentheses first. Then you do 5 squared. That's 25. Then you do multiplications. Even if the multiplication is on this end of the problem, you have to go to this end to do it before you go to division and, and addition and subtraction. It's got to be in that order. So here's the, this is what, what, why God's word trumps common sense. You see the parentheses there? What does that equal? Five. If this problem was two days long, you better take care of what's in parentheses first. No matter where they are in the problem, it could be 10 of them. You take care of what's in parentheses first. Don't, don't pay attention to anything else. Get that worked out first. Everybody understand? And then you do the exponents. It's got to be in that order. If it is not, it will not work. And what people get frustrated at is I'm going to do it my way. I was taught to read from left to right, and I'm going to work the problem out that way. And then I'm going to get mad at the preacher because my answer ain't 30. Marriage ain't working. Did you submit? 
Yeah, I'm trying. I'm submitting. Uh, but my husband said this, and I said, no, so you talking back. Oh, well, that, that, well, that, well, that cancels that out. Yeah, that's why you're getting the wrong answer. Everybody understand? But I, I was trying. He told me to pick up the shoes, and I told him what I know. Okay, so do you remember what was preached just a minute ago? I don't care to hear about what you were doing. You didn't wash dishes and went out and saved the world. I still see shoes in the middle of the floor. Well, he don't even care about my life. <laughs> and when you get done with all of that, PEMDAS. <laughs> Everybody understand? <laughs> well, my wife, she's acting the fool. Do I, am I, do I have to love her? PEMDAS. Everybody understand? Well, she, she talking back, Brother Brolin. She no, it's PEMDAS. That's all. Everybody understand? Yeah, we're going to give PEMDAS a new meaning. Obey God's order. What is... I'm telling you, and let's just use something simple like math. This world would be in chaos if we did not have a universal standard for math, it would be in chaos. You go to the store, you buy something for $3, you give the clerk $10. How much change are you supposed to get back? How, how much? How much you say, little Brandon? You know it's seven. How many of us agree it's seven? So we all agree to end that, right? What happens when you don't get seven? What happens if you get five? We got a problem. My math teacher taught me 10 minus three is seven. What happens if the clerk tells you, well, my math teacher taught me 10 minus three is five, and my, your math teacher ain't no better than mine. Crazy, huh? You still have a problem. Okay, so uh, let me speak to you. I'm trying to act safe right now. I'm willing, I'm, you know, because there was a time I'd have been and popped you in your mouth over my $2. Let me, so I'm going to do the God thing. Let me speak to your manager. <laughs> the manager comes out. Yeah, she, 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 yeah the clerk is wrong. It, she shouldn't have gave you $5 back. She really should have gave you 3 because my math teacher taught me 10 minus 3 is 3. Everybody would be fighting in this world if we did not have a universal standard and order. Does everybody understand? This world would be in chaos if we just all played by our own rules, and even today, that's the way it is. So how does this look in our spiritual walk? We go to the Lord with our own set of rules. Your word says this, but I'm going to do that. I'm going to do something different, but I'm still expecting 30. You're not going to get 30. Everybody understand? And you can say, well, it's not fair. It's fair. 
when you're the when you're the creator of the universe and the people in it and you had to come and die and redeem them it is fair we just have to get over ourselves stop trying to rewrite God's order Stop trying to rewrite the, the, what he has set as a standard. That's the reason why we got so many denominations, and that's the reason why we got so many different translations of the Bible. Let me make this clear for those of us that don't know. The King James Bible, that's the Bible. Not the NIV. Everybody understand? Not the SWV, none of the other versions. And you may say, well, why is the King James Version the, 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 the original Bible? You know they didn't start calling it the King James until other folks start coming out with their junk. Then they had to do something to differentiate between the two. This is your unadulterated Bible. Everybody understand? And what happens is people come up with their own thing. I, I got my own thing. I got my own revelation. And they don't end up with 30. Can we get back to that parenthesis now? That parenthesis, 3 plus 2, that's hidden from the rest of the problem. That's the reason why it's in parentheses. Let's do this first. That parenthesis, 3 plus 2, that represents the thoughts and the intents of the hearts of people. Those little secret things that they got hidden in there that they don't want to deal with. That's the reason why God deal with that junk first. Stuff that you don't even see about yourself. It's easier to say, well, Lord, I got a, I got a smoking problem. Yeah, and, and that's plus six. We all see that. But let's get to three plus two. Let's get to what caused this. Everybody understand? Let's get to the hidden stuff. Let's get to the envy and the jealousy. Let's get to the pride, the stuff that you can't see. Let's reveal all of that junk first. Let's add all of that up first. Then we can work out the rest of the problem. Why? Because it ain't going to make sense if you don't deal with what's in parentheses first, what's hidden first. And that's what that, and, and so you can't tell God how to deal with you. You can't tell him what to work out first. I'm telling you what he's going to do. He's going to expose the hidden agendas. He's going to expose those things in your heart. Now you know why Paul said, why Paul told us, in the book of 1 Corinthians, that prophecy is the superior gift because that's the, that's the gift that exposes the hearts of people. That's the reason why people can't hardly stand to come and sit under a prophet because we're going to hit it every time. When you get done trying to work out the rest of that problem and I still see 3 plus 2 hidden there, I'm going to call it out every time. 3 plus 2, sister, what are you doing about that? Well, Brother Bolton, I worked out. I don't care that you were. It ain't going to come out right until you work that out first. But I just, I, this, is, this ain't nothing but the law. Y'all just, just preach a bunch of rules and records. Yes, ma'am. That's how we came up with 30, eternal life. 
Everybody understand? And we ain't going to back down from that. We're going to tell you how to be saved and how to stay saved. How many of y'all, y'all drive down the street and y'all see people just driving on, on, the, on the left side of the street? On their left? It would be chaos, wouldn't it? Yeah, so you following the rules too if you got a driver's license. Are you going to, are you writing the government every week telling them, well, it's just a bunch of rules here that I don't agree with? My tax dollars paid for this road, and I, I believe I ought to be able to drive on the left side of the road. Try it. What's going to happen? You're going to collide with the rest of us that know how to follow rules. Everybody understand? Don't you bring God your rebellion and tell him you want to do it backwards. I want to do it my way. And I, and I still want eternal life. <laughs> Is it going to work? So now let me deal with us husbands for a minute. We have to be careful that we're leading our homes the way God has called us to lead it. You do your family a disservice. Bringing your wife and your family to church, hearing what we hear every week, and then going home and giving your wife a different revelation and thinking it's going to come up with that. She knows that's not going to add up to this. Brother Bolton said, pimp us. But you're telling me sad milk. You're telling me something different. Oh, yeah, well, Brother Bowden just ain't got, no, I got the revelation. Every last bit of it, 30, is what it's going to add up to. Now your wife is conflicted. Who do I follow? I'm going to tell you something. And what the deception is, brothers, it's easy for us men to see that maybe our wife is struggling with submitting. That's easy. That's an easy one. You live with her every day. That's easy. But, and it's hard for you to see that you struggle with the same thing. That's what's keeping her in that condition. It's, it's very hard. It's easy for you to bring your stuff to me. Brother Bowden, my wife is cussing me out and beating me up. And, and what are you doing? Are you submitted, sir? Paul told his followers, follow me as I follow Christ. They couldn't have the minds of what the Lord is my head. What did Paul say? Follow me as I follow Christ. You can't be a hard-headed man and then expect your wife to line up. Everybody understand? Your wife know you got a shepherd just like she got one. You can't tell her something different at home and then bring her here. It's going to conflict her. Children the same way. They hear the same words you're hearing. And then they see you go home and disobey. Don't you call your wife unsubmissive. She's just following your lead. She submitted. Yes, sir, she is. Cussing you out, beating you upside your head. She is just as submitted as you are. She's doing what she sees. She sees the disregard of God's word in your life. So she's following your lead. Everybody understand? 
You're not doing what you're told, and, and she's not doing what she's told. It's all the same. She submitted. You're producing what you've planted. Everybody understand? I hope we hear what I'm saying. <laughs> she's producing what you've planted. Everybody understand? Because in her mind, it don't make any sense. We go in the church and hear the word, and then we're doing something different. I see you doing something different. And then when you, when you raise up and you try to put her in her place, she's going to line up with what you're doing. She submitted to you more than what you think. Does everybody understand? My prayer is that we'll line up with God's word. There's a long order of things here that we see here, see. It all has to be in line. Wives submit to their own husbands because the, the, the husbands are in line with God's word. If the husband is off, then, and if the wife is submitted to the husband, then the wife can't help but to be off as well. And ain't no use in you taking her and beating her over the head with Ephesians 5. When you won't hear, did you read the rest of the story? Everybody understand? Follow me as I, as I follow Christ. Does everybody understand? Your wife is a picture of you. That she's you. That y'all are one. Everybody understand? Let's go look at that just real briefly. Let's go to the seventh chapter of 1 Corinthians. Is everybody there? The seventh chapter of 1 Corinthians. Verse 12. Let's start reading in verse 12. But to the rest speak I, not the Lord. If any brother hath a wife that believeth not, and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. Everybody see that? And the woman which hath a husband that believeth not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by what? The wife and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by what? The husband. Everybody see that? God sees you as one. He sees you as one. Your wife might have been rebellious when you first got married because of whatever. You shouldn't be married four or five years later and it's still, that's still the case. If that's still the case, then that's on you, brother. Does everybody understand? Because if she's natural, a woman naturally so is going to follow her husband's lead. Naturally so. And if you still see rebellion in there after a year or two, then that rebellion is in you. And God sees you as one. Does everybody understand? So don't, you make a mistake. I'm telling you, <clears throat> that's a big mistake. You go home and, listen, and live something different than what you hear preached here. You asking for trouble. Everybody understand? 
Let's follow God's order, you see. I just started uh, working on the book, An Enemy Named Pride. We went over that a few months ago, that series again. And some of you confessed it's just something just rose up on the inside of you. And there's your parenthesis. Work that out first. You can't follow God with pride. Everybody understand? And pride is a spirit. You can't follow God with pride. And here's the thing about it, it it's hidden in those parentheses. It's something that you might not see yourself. But you really, really have to examine yourself. Stubbornness, also in those parentheses. Can be told to do something and might do it for a few weeks, whatever, a few days, and then I'm right back to what I wanted to do. I'm going to just do my own thing. Stubbornness. And then when you see it in your wife and your children, you wonder, what in the world's going on? They got the devil. Yeah, because they're married to and were born to that. Does everybody understand? Yeah, I'm telling you, God, God want to work these parentheses out first. You can say, well, Brother Bolton, what are we going to talk about? Casting out devils and doing all these mighty works. Let's, let's talk about five square and plus six and all. Let's talk about all of that. Brother Bowden, I'm, I, I, let's talk about casting out devils. That's the work of the kingdom. Yeah, let's, let's get rid of your devil first. Let, let's, let's talk about casting out yours first. Then we'll deal with the rest of it. You know why? Because we can work all of that out, work all this problem out. If we don't deal with your devil, we can cast out all the devils in your family. Your wife floating up in the air doing all that, we can cast out all them devils. And then she go home with the devil she's married to. <laughs> well, what's going to happen from there? Brother Bowden, we all possessed again. It didn't work out. I don't, I don't know if the devil left. Yeah, it left. But it went home and slept with your devil. Everybody understand? God deals with the things of the heart. The hidden things. After that, then we can deal with the other stuff. Then we can talk about blind eyes being open, all of that. But other than, listen, as long as we don't deal with what's in the heart, you're not going to believe any miracle you see to begin with. Everybody see? So let's, let's do things in God's way. Let's do things in God's method and his order. Because he has an order and it's designed to get us the answer that we desire. Everybody understand? All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this word that we've heard today. Lord, we pray that you will help us to really understand what we've heard. Help us, Lord, to take heed and to see ourselves in things that you spoke to us about today. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us Loving us enough, Lord, to open up our understanding about different things that maybe we've overlooked. Lord, we pray that it's, when we see ourselves and what we've heard today, that you will help us, Lord. That you will help us to acknowledge it. Help us, Lord, to submit to you so that we can resist the devil and he flee, Lord. 
Help us, Lord, not to harden our hearts to the things that we've heard. Help us, Lord, to see ourselves the way that you see us. We thank you, Lord, for loving us enough to correct us, to point out the things that we needed to hear. Lord, we ask that you will help us not to ever take it lightly. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. If that's all now, we'll go ahead and dismiss you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.